What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Sit Black and Watch. It's your girl, Taisha. I'm here with an amazing woman, the creator and director of the web series Curvy Girls Rock, Miss Shakisha. How you doing? Oh my god, you make me feel so good. (laughs) How you doing, mo? I'm good, I'm good. You know, living, excited to have you here with me today. Thank you. So, first of all, what have you been up to? Honey, good lord. It's been a really cool week, actually. Um, I just found out Curvy Girls was accepted into the widescreen film festival in Las Vegas in September. We're an official selection, so it's going to be screened. Yes. Up for Best Web Series, so fingers crossed on that. I love it. I am excited. You guys have to make sure that you check out Curvy Girls Rock. I had the pleasure of interviewing the cast before it had premiered. And you guys can look at that on um, afrovocative.com or go to youtube.com uh, and type in afrovocative. It's up there. But um, Shakisha kind of gave me my first like cast interview. It and was so- really cool. You did such a good job. <laughs> I was. You. I wished I was in the room. I was just watching it like, she is killing this interview, and I'm so glad like you came out. You supported on the red carpet for us, so thank you, thank you for coming through to the premiere. Thank you. Yeah, looking good, too, girl. You was looking, you was killing it. You was killing you know, it. Lane Bryant sponsored, okay? <laughs> Listen, look, Shakisha had me out in Lane Bryant trying on clothes. I was like, ooh, I feel so fancy and fabulous. Shout out to Miss Susan Moses, who provided, like, work with Lane Bryant to get you guys all suited and booted. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, before we get into this interview, we want to talk a little bit about our hot topics. Okay. Um, and before I even get into that, I'm going to, let's see, my strong black lead of the week goes to the high school valedictorian who is from, hold on, let me pull it up, let me pull it up, uh, Memphis. His name is Tupac Mosley. He maintained a 4.3 GPA and scored a 31 on his a- ACT test and was named the valedictorian, all while dealing with the death of his father and the lack of a permanent home. Oh, my God. And I think that that's, like, an amazing thing that he was able to persist and come out on top with his grades. And he's also been offered over $3 million in college scholarships. You better work, boy. Yeah, That black boy joy. Come on. Yeah. I And, you know, I I identify with this story um, because at a time when I was younger, um, me and my mom, we were moving from home to home at one point we stayed in a hotel and I know for me when things weren't okay at home with our living situation I wasn't able to really focus on school and keep my grades up had a very very hard time struggling with moving around a lot and Mm. adjusting to new schools so that's a really powerful thing to be able to you know hone in and like keep keep working absolutely yeah yeah for some people that it the work is what keeps them sane but you know shout out to him shout out to him i'm i'm excited to see what school he ends up at i know and what city where is he from again memphis this is in memphis memphis is Mm -hmm. bringing them out go ahead tupac 
That, uh, listen, and I love his name. I love his name. Because at first, and so the first time that I read the story. <laughs> you had to scroll back like, wait, like, Tupac in college. But I said it like a white person. I said Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just oh like laughing God. so hard. Because I was just like, wait, am I reading this right? Is that really his name? Um, that boy get but, it. Yeah, you, listen, you go boy. Yo, it's people who... Who, who break a fingernail, they break a acrylic and it's over. Yes, it's like, I can't do anything, I can't live. I'm lost. My life. Right, I wish I was that fierce as a high school senior because, listen, I graduate, I'm not even going to say my GPA, but it wasn't, it wasn't above a 2.5, I can tell you that much. I was I barely was... going to school in high school. <laughs> I barely was there. Listen, I, was... I go to get my crew so we can leave. That's yeah. what I did. Yeah, no, I was I was like, um, I'm just going to graduate and I'm going to dance and that's going to be about that. That's it. that's it. But speaking of like old nostalgia, high school, I don't know if you heard, but all that is about to be revived. I, don't, did you I didn't hear about that. Yes. You mean, oh, oh, yes. oh, 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 oh this is all that. that. Yes. Oh, oh my yes. God. So, Does um, Nick Cannon have his hand in this? Um, Keenan, no, Nick Cannon doesn't, but Keenan and Kel do, because I remember what? Nick Cannon was a part yes. of Yes. Um, but no, this is all Keenan, Keenan Thompson and Kel Mitchell. They announced um, about a few days ago on the Today Show that they were. I mean, the reboot, the reboot was announced a while back, but mm-hmm. they finally um, announced the cast. And when I say, I have to show you a picture of these kids. They are so cute. Oh my god! Look at and it's a very yes! diverse, it's a very diverse cast. Yes. I love the fact that, so there's, of course, two African-American kids, a um, young African-American girl and boy, but there's also an um, Asian young boy there, and then there's a young kid. If you see the, the um, they did a video spoof of um, the money, I got money. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so um, it was just so cute, and the he there's a boy, he does um, like a... I don't want to say trans, but like a drag. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's dressed up as like Ariana Grande. And so I thought that that is was... Is he popular? I'm not sure. Okay, not okay. Because sure. this is little boy who 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 is like, he'll dress in drag and do his yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, like I just thought that that was so dope that, you know, they're giving you not yes. only diversity in race, but they're also giving you diversity in the spectrum of like gender and, and sexuality. sexuality. And I think that's so important to include for young kids because we can't ignore that. Like that's not something that young kids today are focusing on Absolutely. and like advocating no for. doubt so i'm like interested to see what this reboot brings yes um because i know a lot of times with new shows like old shows um being rebooted into new shows there's a sort of like corniness there and okay. you're kind of like uh, yeah this yeah is yeah clearly not it's not that good yeah and i know like um i don't know if you saw raven's home but... all right so oh, oh, okay. I, I, I caught an episode i did see an episode i did catch one episode of it 
And it was alright. Still had some of the old Raven flair, but it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was alright. It was alright. See, I absolutely loved it. I you loved, do like yeah, the reboot. I do like the reboot um, because I like the the kids, the the two kids that play her children. Okay, okay, yes. I do really like them, and I think they're really funny, especially the little boy that plays the the son that has the yeah, visions. yeah, yeah. Um, but then you have like they did the reboot of um, what is the. What's the Mary Kay and Ashley show? Um, oh, oh, Full House. Full House. Fuller House. Yeah, Fuller House. And I hated the reboot. Well, let's just be clear. The original was... So when you think about the time that you've watched Full House, right. what age were you at? Where were you at mentally? Yeah. Or just even the time of, you know, shows and sitcom. It, was, it had an air of... Okay, just say it, corny. It had an air yeah. of corny. Yeah. So it wasn't like Full House was your, your, you know, the best. It wasn't Seinfeld, put it that way. That's true, that's true. But, and to bring it back, they wanted to keep, I think, and I'm not I'm not saying this for sure, I didn't read anything about it, but I think they wanted to keep that family show feel. Yeah. But in the 2019, in 2019 or 2018 or 2017, whenever it first um, premiered, you have to have a bit of realism because the scope has changed. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. changed a little bit, so you can't do the same shit you was doing in in the nineteen night early nineties that yeah. you need to do now. That's very true because I know, like, even when they were talking about the Martin reboot, it was kind of like, uh, Martin was a very problematic know. boyfriend. And <laughs> so I don't think that um, the, Martin was Martin, a bit misogynistic. He was, and low key, Martin was kind of a fuckboy. <laughs> <laughs> he had so, issues. I don't really think that fuckboy 1990s Martin would, you know, he go would, well. You with, can't even say some of the things he said. Very true. Every week there'd be a write-up. Yeah. Or some sort of issue with some political incorrectness. Yes. Martin threw people out of his house. He yeah. made fun of gay people. Yeah. Remember the, the, the joke with RuPaul? Oh, yeah. And, 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 the, and even just, like, the idea of Shanene as a character. Right. That would be even problematic Problematic. Like, you don't really see that many... I mean, yeah. I, I mean, all you, around the way, girls, uh, you know. But you don't see, I don't even think you see that many men do women character like um, heterosexual men now, yeah. doing, at least on the big screen, doing yeah. um, drag characters or um, opposite trans characters. It kind of went left. It kind of went out the window when, he, you know, with Big Mama and yes. Shanene. Like, yeah, like, he was kind of the last of that yeah. era. That spoof, except for Medea, of course. Okay, well, I'm sorry. My bad, Tyler. Um, (laughs) But I think because, again, with the wokeness of our time, that black men in drag present issues surrounding Mm -hmm. black masculinity Mm -hmm. and demasculization of african-american men see what yeah. i'm saying see yeah. we already taking the fun out of it all yeah like that but that, I'm not, that's what i'm that's what it's what all it about it changes what it was is it was good for its time and now no yeah that's true wait so you think you think they okay no don't talk about martin being rebooted stay on track <laughs> Taisha well, got a show plan. Stay on, <laughs> stay focused, stay focused. Um, 
So the so the first episode of all that is going to air on Saturday, June fifteenth on Nickelodeon. I know it just it really brings me back to my childhood. They are keeping the TLC um the the intro okay. So they're gonna keep that, which I think is dope because now it's tying an older generation to a now younger generation. Absolutely. Which I mean, the younger generation ain't that much younger than us. But it's, it's going to be something that I feel like I'll be able to watch with my little brother. Yes. And, you know, maybe even show him some of the older episodes. Definitely. Um, if, especially if they do, like, a marathon or something like that. Um, but the one thing I, I will say that this will now, I don't know if all that was syndicated at any point, but it will bring um, money for all of the actors who used to play on the, the original cast and stuff, because if they do start rerunning those episodes, that's money in their pocket. Yeah. So, this yeah. is really a good thing. Yeah. Um, it did air on Snick. It did air yeah. on Teen Nick. Yeah, so... Um, so, yeah, for a while. Like, you, like um, there was, like, a... A Nick that um a Nick that showed like all the old stuff, Doug, mm-hmm. and all the old kind of Nick yeah, shows, and like it nostalgic. was and it did for me on that. But you are absolutely right. Right, a shout out to Keenan and Kel for one staying in the game as long as they are the yeah. OG variety show yes. boys. They are, and I would love to actually see them do something. But hey, you I'll know, take it where I can oh get my it. Goodness. So speaking of Keenan and Kel. I watched, um, like, some little YouTube thing. It was kind of like a behind-the-music type of thing. I don't know. I don't know if this was a fan-made thing. Okay. Or, like, maybe a TV one type of thing, you know, when they do unsung. But I didn't know they had as many issues as they had. So, apparently, like, they were really great friends. But as Keenan was trying to separate himself from Kel and, you know, he getting on Saturday Night Live and things like that, he really was, like, on some, I'm not trying to really deal with you right now. And then Mm. Kel started going through hardships and Keenan wasn't really there for him. And it's like, y'all, y'all supposed to be friends and homies. Like, y'all done pretty much came up in this game together. And so I was looking at the the, the video like, damn, Keenan kind of did kill a little dirty at some wow. point, and they weren't speaking for a while. Um, so yeah, that was that. There's some history there, so I am happy to see them reunite. Absolutely. Um, and, and then when you know somebody for that long a period of time, mm-hmm. you do go through growing pains. I mean, these are men. I I want to say they're in their late thirties at the very yeah. least, and you know, knowing each other since they were what. 12 on all that since they were like 10 12 right so that's a lot of time you grow you change um and sometimes people want to keep you in a box you right. know kel did some stuff i think he did like moesha yeah he did a one-on-one i think it was okay when so he did to, like yeah. a few like let's call them the cw and yeah. the um UPN. UPN. he yeah. was on the upn circuit for a while yeah. so honestly that's just you know, things change, but I'm, like, happy, and I can't freaking wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. Oh, my God. And Are you doing a watch party for this? No, I'm not going to do a watch party. <laughs> but um, they are going to be filming in front of a live studio audience, oh like, prior God. to. So I'm glad that they're really keeping, you know, everything the same. I'm going to be – it's going to be interesting to see if they choose to do a laugh track at any point. Okay. Um, I hope not, and yeah. I hope that it is just genuine, because like, live audience reactions. Yes. Because – we know that that is how comedians gauge the audience to see what is and isn't funny. Absolutely, um, yeah. 
Yep. So, you know, and I think the laugh track throws that off. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, really excited. And that's uh, true sketch comedy. Right. You know, that's the real. That's the real. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, within sketch comedy, there are, um, there isn't a lot of room for black women, right? Right. So check this out. HBO has a black lady sketch show that features Quinta uh, Brunson, Gabrielle Dennis, Ashley Nicole Black, and Robin Thede, and it's an Issa Rae produced series. How dope mm. is that? They got that. That's coming out. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It was. They went on social media with their post about a week ago, and wow. um, Quinta basically reviewed revealed the news on social media, and um, that she's gonna be, I think, in the writers' room on that show. Oh my god! Yeah. So this, I mean, the cast itself, I really, really love Quinta because that Quinta is um, the girl from BuzzFeed that did the oh he got money. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So that that to me, like she's she's come very far That's in her so, career yeah, as um, a young writer in Hollywood, a black woman, and just doing like the whole sketch thing. Um, and then you know Robin Thede had a very short-lived um, night like a uh, night show on BET. It was called The Rundown yes, with Robin Thede. Yes, I remember that. I caught that um, a few times. She's going to be the head writer on this project and um, the co-executive producer. So I'm excited, and we know Issa Rae is funny. Yeah. So she to see her in this light, I think is going to be good for something that's not extremely scripted yeah. in a sense. Um, I think that this will create more opportunities for black women because if you look at Saturday Night Live, there was only is there only two black women that have ever been on the show? Three. 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 Maybe maybe four. Leslie, there's someone there now. The young lady who was there for like two or three seasons, I can't mm -hmm. think of her name right now. I know Rashida Sh Jones is kind of. Rashida Jones? Is it? Is it Rashida? Ra I mean, no. Wait, am I thinking of the the right person? Um, Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. She's there. I, I don't know, even know if Leslie's still a, a play. No, she is. I did. I did see her on an episode recently. But maybe four. Maybe mm -hmm. four black women have been, um, a part of the the cast. The main I think cast. Rashida Jones has been on episodes, but she's not a part of the cast, as far as I know. Rashida Leslie Jones. Jones. No, no, no. Rashida Jones, Jones has hosted. I don't think she's hosted, okay. but I think she's been, she's had some characters on okay. Saturday okay. Night Okay, gotcha, Live. gotcha. Um, but yeah, she, yeah. So. I think the, the, the idea of female comedians, particularly black female comedians, has always been kind of, you know, like, even, so if you go back to like Living Color, you had black female um, comedians like Kim Wayans, I can't think of the other person's name, Ken, uh, Kim Whitfield. You know who I'm, I'm, I'm confusing Rashida Jones with? Maya Rudolph. That's who it was. Girl. Girl. <laughs> That's, listen, they both biracial, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is who. Everybody light skin is Rashida Jones. <laughs> Yes, Maya uh, Rudolph. Shout out to yes. her. I love her. Yes. I absolutely adore her. So five. I would say five. Yeah, because I'm looking Because I, I didn't even think about Maya. Mm -hmm. And right then when you said Maya, I thought about her singing the national anthem. Yeah, so, I mean, this is this is definitely going to be something that opens up the doors. Because like you said, In Living Color was really the only space where they're... In Living Color and um, Mad TV. Right, Mad TV, Those yes. Those were the only yes. spaces where you've seen more black women... women. Uh, sketch comedy shows because I 
I'm thinking all of the sketch shows that I watched, um, not even Dave, Ch- I don't recall Dave Chappelle's show having any women. Um, he may have his, had a woman in the writer's room, but, but it was yeah, no one who was a visibly a part of the, those the were cast. all male characters. You're yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, this will be this will be something that I think is going to be extremely great for black women yeah. and just creating that that door, busting it down. And Issa's and daring. So shout out she to her. Is, she, she is. She knows talent. She's willing to take risks. She's willing to bank on black people. Mm-hmm. She's willing to bank on black women. So. Love you, Issa, and what you do. Yes. Um, so, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. Girl, listen, that is my mentor in my head. <laughs> you saw that, Issa. We play space together. Uh, okay. Did you see that she bought her own production studio? Yes, Miss Issa. I said I commented under her Instagram photo, and I was like, I can't wait to start working there. Come on. <laughs> I said, congratulations. I can't wait for my first day. Hey. <laughs> Keep plugging. Right. And then my next comment would be, from this date to this date, I worked at with bullet points of of my of my job description. Okay, come listen, on, come I on. Had a few people like that comment. Couple letters. <laughs> when I met Issa Rae, I'm um, when I finally got to meet her. Tell I had been speaking it into exist- existence for so long. I met her um, at the screening of episode five of season two. She did a screening here last summer in um, New York, and I am a part of. Um, she has this like little patron thing where you can pay a certain amount of money a month and you can get exclusives to certain things. So she put up that, you know, she was doing the screening. The first 25 people that sent a a DM were going to get the tickets. So I was one of the 25 and I almost didn't make it because they had sent out the wrong address by accident. And so I'm with my friend Delisa and I'm standing there like, how the hell we at the wrong hotel is, are they is it this one like Delisa you know go up your ass girl look look because we both had got the ticket so we both were like well this is the address they sent and then there was like two other young ladies that walked up and we're all looking at each other like i don't know so i said you know what let's just call the other hotel like me thinking quick on my feet let's call them and let's see if it's down there and they were like yeah it is here so then i um I tweeted Issa, like, in the midst of being on the phone, and I was like, hey, Issa, so we are at this place, and they are saying the screening's not there, and I, and she ended up DMing me, and was like, like, this is on Twitter, like, this is me Holy randomly tweeting her, and, shit. yeah, she Aisha. responds, she responded to my tweet um, through a DM, and was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, and please, like, tell anybody that you see that's there, so it was cool, because, you know, we, Pretty much the people that got the tickets did we did got the wrong there. yeah 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 um, we all did end up there and then I made some new friends that oh you know followed on Instagram God. in the process but it was just so funny because I walked in and you know because she had already DM'd me I walked in and she was standing at the table alone and she turned around as soon as I walked through the door and I opened my arms and flung them back and I said Issa it's me now how the hell she gonna know who the hell I am like but I said it like as if she knew who I was cause she did in her heart she did in her heart (laughs) in her heart she knew literally like and she looked at me a little confused and I said Taisha from uh, Twitter and she said oh my god hi and then like just embraced me in a hug but it was just so funny because I am so that person when I meet celebrities like if I am fond of you and I feel like I know you and I feel like your personality is cool enough 
or there's that connection yeah. there, I will like embrace you like we cousins. Like, I know that's right. That's how when I and the few times that I've met Kofi Cerebo, like I have literally walked up on him like I know yeah, you. He'd be ready for that. Like I met him when I went to Cali. He'd be ready. He he, he looking for that. He, it's he's like because he's like he's, he's like that with people. Yeah, he is. He's very warm. Remember at Urban World when he yes. was running around scaring people oh, and then yeah. they turn around and saw him and he's like, Yo, can I get some popcorn? They're like, Ah Yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> and I love that about him. I love that about he him. Because cool. he has such a warm spirit. Yeah. And I think that that's like the dopest thing about him. Like humble. He doesn't treat people like I'm a celebrity and you're not. He's a, still a humble. He still understands the human side of things that yeah. for me it's me meeting you for him it might just be a moment you know mm-hmm. he's at an event or he's at a function or he's doing some business but for that person it means so much more right and so, how do we get on Kofi I like the way you we, worked I yeah. like the way you slid him in there you know, his little skin dark show. skinny deliciousness <laughs> in there that's all right Listen, we need to get him on the show we got, I gotta figure out how to get, get him on the show reconnect Kofi what's up boo what you doing what you doing boo okay can you come on cut your girls rock please and thank you and play a little please honey um, <laughs> <laughs> but um so I want to move on to a heavier topic um there's a lot going on right now with the shy the show um that lena waith has and i had other things planned to talk about regarding lena waith because i was going to talk about her being hosting uh jimmy kimmel live but unfortunately there's some more pressing issues heavy heavy you're going to heavy baby, baby. <laughs> um so i don't know if you heard but there are sexual misconduct um allegations against jason mitchell who is um a star on the shy and it's his co his um oh god i feel like my brain is shutting down it's getting to that that point where oh yeah it's like, after four you know, o'clock it's done it's yeah done. yeah yeah but um, his co-star his co-star tiffany boone is who alleged that he was harassing her and it has come out that other women on the show said he was inappropriate with them as well including the showrunner ayana um floyd davis and so today, Lena Waithe called into the Breakfast Club, and she had some things to dispute or confirm, I, sh- I should say. Um, but for those of you that don't know, I did talk about it on um, the very first episode about what was going on with Jason and how he was dropped from his Netflix film that he was about to do called Desperado. He was dropped from The Shy. He was dropped by his agency and his management. So whatever it is that he did is very, very serious. And they were like, we not taking no shit. It's time for you to go. But an article came out on The Hollywood Reporter where the showrunner, um, Ayana, said that Lena knew about the misconduct throughout season two. Now, Lena is saying that she didn't know about the misconduct until the wrap of season one. And so... Um, just to kind of give you uh, a little bit of what was said. It says, sources close to Waith told The Hollywood Reporter um, that the creator, who is not involved with the day-to-day aspects of the show, was unaware of Mitchell's behavior until after the first season wrap. Concern for on-set conduct was among the reasons Waith pushed 
for a woman of color, which is Floyd, as a showrunner for the second season. And still, this person initially stated that Wade did not know that the alleged conduct um, had continued all throughout season two. Now, Ayanna Davis said, you know, Lena was the person that told her that the misconduct was happening as she was taking the job for season two as the showrunner. Um, and for those who don't know what a showrunner is, do you want to explain? Yeah, so basically a showrunner, so if you think of Shonda Rhimes, Shonda Rhimes created, let's just go for instance, Grey's Anatomy. Mm -hmm. um, as a showrunner, she runs the day-to-day -day operations of, it's like a director, mm -hmm. um, but a showrunner for television produces and may do changes with the writers and they have a, they basically are the, the mother. So Ayana would be the mother of the set mm -hmm. um, and, the, and the person who, kind of makes decision on the day-to-day -day stuff. Right. Um, and Lena, obviously, as the creator and producer, is the person that Ayana would defer to mm -hmm. for further action. So basically, she would be like Ayana's boss. Yes. Okay. Basically. So Lena is saying that, you know, when she found out about the allegations, um, she said this on the, the Breakfast Club interview, that she thought everything had got resolved between Tiffany and Jason so that they were both, they worked it out that they were both willing to come back to, to film season two. And uh, she says that she thought, oh, we, or Tiffany said we should get some sexual harassment classes and things like that. Whereas Ayana says that as the showrunner, she felt that it was her responsibility to figure out how we can smooth things and make sure everything is good. Um, so she said, ultimately, everyone was well aware of Jason's behavior in his multiple HR cases, including Lena, and um, who is you know the executive producer and very involved at the studio and network level. And as the showrunner, I did everything I could to deal with his behavior by speaking with studio's HR department multiple times and instructing one actress to call HR herself before I became a target of his rage and inappropriateness. Um, so clearly what happened was Ayana came on trying to just do her job, de-escalate, make sure that everything was good on set and that the inappropriate beha behavior didn't persist. And I'm gonna assume that once she informed other people to you know reach out to HR, it must have probably pissed Jason off. Mm -hmm. And that is what made her the target of his alleged misconduct. So when I was looking, when I was listening to the Breakfast Club interview earlier, I just had so many questions, you know, and I was reading the comments because a lot of people feel like right now that Lena, how could you allow this to continue or how could you allow him to come back for a second season? Mm -hmm. And instinctively for me, even though I thought those things, I was thinking in my head, well, you know. I'm sure she still has a boss that she has to answer to. And you never know if the network was like, well, he's our moneymaker. He's the star of the show. Let's just figure out if we can deal, you know, get them to, to squash this out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe just get through the sexual harassment cases and everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she could have been pushing for him to be gone. But in the, her interview, she never confirmed that she was pushing for Jason Mitchell to get fired. And I think that that was my biggest issue mm -hmm. is that you as a woman of color, because, okay, so she says she, the, the showrunner for the first season was a white man and mm -hmm. she 
um, pushed to have a black woman as right. She felt like he might have been overlooking or looking past certain things or letting things slide. So she thought maybe the the um, overarching idea of bringing in a black woman mm-hmm. to maybe be more of the, okay, let's get these things in check, um, would be the, the answer. Yeah. Um, and she also mentioned the fact that she felt after everything began to um, clearly come undone, that she, as the executive producer should have taken more of a role to really step in herself Mm -hmm. um and i do understand that for instance if i bring you on taisha as um a producer Mm -hmm. like as an executive producer i pay the bills but i allow you to manage everything that happens but once you once i see things getting out of pocket then i need to come in so she said that was her um that was her fault for yeah. not stepping up but right. what I, I what I will preface with is one we don't know no one has said what has happened right um so we're we're considering that this could be serious mainly or is serious because of the actions that were taken not only by the studio um by Showtime but also by Netflix I'm calling them by name because these are the two mm-hmm. companies yeah. that the shows are under and I know he was doing a show with Netflix yeah, uh, a film called a film he was and he was taken off of that film and then the fact that is it IMG I forgot what his um who his um management company was sure. but it's one of the big mm-hmm. um management companies of agents got took him off his their roster and his lawyer (laughs) wow so it must be pretty serious i think now with the me too era kind of we're like right in the thick of it Mm -hmm. people are taking decisive and critical action really quickly so we can't really say for sure what happened and yes i agree with you in that when the showrunner ayana stepped up and probably approached him about it Mm-hmm. The fact that his response or whatever happened after that was triggered by the fact that she was trying to, at that point, put some sort of firm, yeah. you know, like this can't happen again or whatever that conversation looked like. Yeah. Um, but I will say this, as women of color, um, as women and women of color particularly, that's how I'll put it, um, we're always held to a certain degree mm-hmm. or are always critically we're always criticized. Right. Um, if I come on too strong, I'm a bitch. Yeah. If I make a, a decision or if I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm firm. I'm, I'm always looked upon when men are decisive and critical and, you know, just right to the point and cut right to the chase. It's never a matter of, oh, he's an asshole. He's firm. He's this. And, it, and we're here in the 20th century and we're still facing these same conversations. What I'll say about Lena is that I'm really glad that she spoke up. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, uh, and I'll let you yeah. dig into that a little bit more. Um, you had mentioned basically it may have been a little little early maybe yeah, i think that she should have waited like just a little bit more because as details come out like people are already pointing the finger at her being like well if he if it came out that this was sexual misconduct and even if you did find out after season one why did you not just write him off of the show because the she did an interview with the hollywood reporter in 2018 and mm-hmm. these are her words quote 
if you want to play that game and be disrespectful or misbehave on set with an actress or anyone, I'll happily call Showtime and say, this person has to go and you'll get shot up and it'll be a wonderful finale. Yeah. Now, the thing about it is now, we know season two is not done. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. He could completely get shot up and Mm. be dead by Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Um, But... The thing is, why didn't you, within the first, maybe first five episodes, kill his character off or write his character away? And and why were scenes even still done between Jerrica and the character, or mm-hmm. Tiffany, um, mm-hmm. his co-star Tiffany? Um, because now you're, while you may not be dismissing her mm-hmm. her allegations, it is, in a way, kind of like a dismissive thing mm-hmm. because... You're putting a woman who has now uh, her abuser, in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and my thing is, God forbid he had went on to rape someone on set or do something more drastic than what we know of mm-hmm. or, or what, what is being speculated mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. That falls on your shoulders because you are the boss of, uh, like, Ayana. Like, you know, so you yeah. were the one who hired her to de-escalate. And you're saying, well, I wasn't really around season two, so I didn't know it it, it persisted. Right. Whereas Ayana has came to say, but Lena did know because I informed her as it was happening during season two. So this is what Lena also said during that interview. She said that during season one, her she didn't have agency the way she has now. Right. One. Um, in that it was almost a employee sort of situation where she worked mm-hmm. for the studio. Mm-hmm. Um and that until season one wrap one season one was filmed years ago yeah she said about three years about three years ago specifically she said that and that at that time and i'll just go for someone like so i've directed and i've also produced Mm -hmm. in the span of production while things are happening we're not reporting Mm -hmm. but after something happens on set i'll hear about it as a director end of day i'm wrapping up i'm doing whatever i'll hear six different things popped off yeah now it could be i'm done with that actor on set Mm -hmm. um i've even had a white person use the word nigga on set Mm -hmm. and it was out it wasn't in context of a line it wasn't in context of anything Mm -hmm. and the director asked me i wanted to deal with it the director asked me to um to not make a deal of it mainly because the director felt that it would make the actor uncomfortable and we didn't want to have we needed him another day on set Mm. so these are things that happen in the run of production that after production like if we're all in a meeting and we're doing a download and we're kind of going through things can say okay so guess what happened when we we were on set and so all right so fine so once she did know about that Mm -hmm. that then led to her saying all right you know what this guy has no control over this actor over this over the situation Mm -hmm. I don't feel comfortable with using him as showrunner Mm -hmm. because he's not doing his job well so let's bring on someone else that I know I've either she worked with her previously or she just knows her as a human being or knows her reputation whatever the case may be let's bring her on because I think she'd be a stronger candidate and a stronger leader for this set got you this set, and I'm sure, you know, talking to the actors or talking to them or bringing a group together thinking, okay, well, maybe he'll be more manageable in this situation. And mm-hmm. also, um, 
So you think Lena's on this? Lena's doing. Lena's got something else. Um, I'm not. Twenties. Sh- that's the. It's like a, a, the Boomerang show. Yeah. And she so she's got. So she's her. also overseeing two other productions. Yeah. So I'm gonna leave you with my baby. I'm gonna yeah. leave you with my kids, and I'm hoping that with you in charge of my children and my my production, everything's fine. When I hurt, when I got win, this mm-hmm. is probably Lena's thought. Once I caught wind, all right, so what do you think we should do? Mm-hmm. And le- leaving it to the person that she left in charge to make a decision, all right, I don't know if I agree with that, but I'm going to let you handle it, and then if it, it's not, if it escalates, then we'll have another conversation. Yeah. So that's probably what she did. And the, again, we're all, this is all speculation, folks. Yeah. We're, we're surmising, we're trying true. to use our context, our blues clues. Yeah, alleged. <laughs> alleged. <laughs> All of our, all of our alleged, we don't know what happened, and it's very prickly when you deal with an actor or some or a talent who has a little pull. Because yeah. remember, I mean, he came off the hills of a uh, mud, uh, what is um, it? mudbound, mudbound. Yeah, and that's what I was saying too. Because like he's an incredible actor he's to be someone who doesn't have Oscar much nominated training. a movie. Right, his he first major. He doesn't have much training. He did go to an acting, I think, like a work camp or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Because I remember I watched a Breakfast Club interview with him when he first hit it off with yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Straight Outta Compton. Right. Um, but he was also in Keanu, which he showed that he could be um, com- uh, comedic. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like, ugh, it sucks. Because, like, I was a big fan of Jason Mitchell's. Like, just from yeah. Mudbound alone um, and Straight Outta Compton, like, the boy can act. Yeah. And so it is, and then knowing his story about coming from mm-hmm. New Orleans and growing up in like tough neighborhoods and yeah. making it out. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm just like, damn, Jason, like, come on. Well, I'm gonna reserve. I'm not. I'm not gonna. So what if he did something? And mm-hmm. I again, so these are allegations. Right. So if he did something, God, please use me as a vessel right now. <laughs> um, that I want to reserve judgment because we're so quick to before because again there's nothing out we don't know and i'm i i always say i hope he actually did whatever's being said because he like his livelihood is now in jeopardy yeah um and i'm not saying that i want that poor woman to ever or any woman to face any kind of harassment or sexual um or to feel disenfranchised in any way yeah but at the same token we got to get the facts yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I haven't heard any facts yet. Yeah, and it's, it's probably a reason. Out. It's probably going to come out in court or some arbitration or something. But to all the people involved, you know, I hope that Lena, who has been doing some, some phenomenal work and, you know, she's an Emmy Award winning writer. Um, you know, I hope that she and, and her little stint on Jimmy Kimmel was so cute. I enjoyed her hosting Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Um, and the kiss between her and Hallie, I felt that for, was so she cute. was so adorable and so shy when Hallie kissed her. Yeah. Um, not don't sidetrack Shakisha, stay on target. Um, <laughs> but I really want that to be the case. Like, I want to hear the facts. I want to get and and people are gonna have their opinions. But at the same time, these are a bunch of black people's lives, and I don't want that show to lose any of the momentum. I don't want it to get broken same, down because same. it is. And I don't want people to attack 
Tiffany Boone. Oh because my God! Like I people said, are disgusting with that. Listen, like I said on episode one, there were people already from the moment the story broke. People in her comments like, "You're ruining the shy. You're you're about to mess the show up." And so, what I also don't want is now that Lena has done this interview yeah. with this buzz being created and people talking yeah. to take away from the fact that a young woman who was alleging that she was harassed and there was misconduct on set yeah. that that people forget that this is about That's her what that is. and yes. also that this if if he did what um he was accused of doing this is about those two people and right. about the women that he was inappropriate with, with allegedly you know so i think can that we talk the, about how we still blame victims for having a voice yeah yeah and like don't what, say nothing if you don't have nothing to lend exactly. to the situation you have no idea what the situation is no one has spoken on it which makes which lends me to think oh my god when we hear what happened it's going to be crazy yeah and that's what i'm wondering too because i'm like this has to be so deep yes that it's just like you that that you to get dropped from your by your lawyer as well. Right. And I mean, listen, I know that we live in the Me Too movement, so things are very tense, and that you really got to be on your, 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 you know. Nobody wants to be on the wrong side of that. Exactly. Yeah. And so what I was also thinking was maybe I could understand why instead of them instantly firing him, whether they had the, because what it sounds like is they had the proof, especially with them going to HR. HR, correct. Um, is that maybe that they didn't want to fire him, especially Lena possibly thinking, I don't want to fire this man who I could give a second chance to prove. Because, again, she said in the interview she thought that everything was squashed between him and Tiffany Boone right. and that they had made amends. But I just still... It just don't sit right with me it's allowing somebody yeah. to, to come back for another season and they haven't... Even though they went through training, they um, with the the some sort of training, right, right, right. The, the I still sexual felt harassment like training. He should have been required to go to therapy because there's mm. a reason why you're you're being inappropriate and why you think that that's okay. Yeah, you know. So yeah. I I mean I really think in those situations, especially if it hasn't led to an actual sexual assault, you should be trying to get these people to get therapy and yeah. and and. All the outlets, because we can't sit up here and act like people who do heinous things or even just the lightest of sexual mm -hmm. misconduct don't aren't doing that because they've either been raised to do those things yeah. or something has happened to them. Well, or, I want to I want to get to a place where if my daughters ever feel that they have been attacked or that they feel that they ha or have been put into a position where they don't feel safe mm -hmm. um, or have been attacked, that they feel confident that they're not going to be attacked for us having a voice. Yes. And until that day comes, I really wish these Twitter thugs, these Instagram thugs would just knock it off because you wouldn't say that to that girl's face. Right. So, But you're going to put all this out. Oh, you're ruining the show. No, she spoke up and she spoke up in the confines Mm -hmm. of the the company that she worked for right. until it got to the point where it couldn't even be like I, we can't even hold this in anymore yeah. so that so you know what and then that's a bigger conversation um because we're trying to stick with entertainment but people have really gotta get their life man yeah. on this every time a victim or alleged victim speaks up we attack them when we don't even know what really happened yeah, yeah. we don't even have the yeah. Why are y'all speaking up on things you don't know? And stop uh, telling black women that our stories aren't valid, too. And we because, don't matter. Because, 
because even someone brought up a good point, like with um, Monique. This was a, a good thing with Monique in the situation with Lee Daniels. Oh, that was, oh, yes, yes. And with that situation, it was like Monique had all of her receipts ready to go and had been saying for months, you know, y'all please stop speaking about me negatively or I'm going to have to release these receipts. And she did just that. And mm -hmm. everybody was acting so shocked, like she was so crazy. But the point is she came with her hard facts about what it was and why she was being done wrong. But people were so quick to just say, oh, she's difficult to work with. She's bitter. She's this, she's that. You can be difficult to work with, but if you lying on me, it don't matter whether I'm difficult to work with or not. <laughs> if you're lying on me and making it seem like it's more you're exaggerating what mm -hmm. things that I didn't do, that is an issue. Yeah. You know, and And shout outs to her because when when Steve Harvey was fired, she took the mm -hmm. high road. She did. And she I'm not did. even saying she took the high road because that was oh, like, um, so don't do that to see. No, she said, I would not want my brother Steve to lose his show or Lee to lose his show. And by mm -hmm. the way, um, RIP stars star. Mm -hmm. I really oh, enjoyed yeah. that show. Well, you know, they're shopping it around. Too. I please somebody give star home. It's such a good show. They have such a good young cast and I really don't even feel like they got a chance to really even get their, their, their teeth into these characters and these storylines. But when Monique said that, don't celebrate these men mm -hmm. losing their shows because what you don't understand is those are people's jobs. And you got to see that, if, for instance, if someone's in hair or, or wardrobe or set design, that's money that they have fixed over. So, for instance, if, if uh, Star was on air for three or four years three or four seasons, mm -hmm. that's an income loss to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So no celebration to someone losing that. And that's what we do. We, ha ha, good for you. No, yeah. it's not just black and white. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, see, this is why we had you on the show. Cause I think you Come give on. such a good perspective because you have the inside knowledge of the industry yeah. and working on a level where you you are creating your own content. Yes. Um, and so one thing that, you know, then we're wrapping up the, the, the hot topics and stuff. But I want to ask you, you know, how did you get your start in film and what kind of led you to this path? Um, so I've known since I was a, a kid, since I was little, um, I grew up watching TV. I didn't have, I wasn't like the kid in the street. Like everyone's, oh, I used to play in the street. No, that wasn't me. I was bookish. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a grandmother who was not hearing it. And I grew up in Harlem in a time when, you know, there were dead bodies in buildings. Mm -hmm. it, you know, um, I think, so my kids kind of were raised a little bit in Atlanta. We lived in Atlanta for like six years. And they would have like, you know, class day where, you know, a parent would come in and talk about their their um, career. Um, when I was their age, when I was in elementary school, there was a cop that came with pictures of dead bodies wow. in the building right next to the school. Oh, wow. Like a don't do drugs, but here, this is why you don't do drugs, because these bodies. Yeah. I'm in third grade. Mm -hmm. This is what I grew up with. So I had to have an escape. I had to have a way to think that this wasn't my life. This wasn't I didn't have to end up like this. So yeah. I became very interested in television and characters. Um, and I think I saw my first script when I was like fourth grade. I was in Annie. I saw my first script. So I began writing scripts the way um, I saw Annie. And from that point forward, I wrote. And that was, I'm an OG storyteller. I was storytelling in, in, in high school and acting and um, pushed forward to now. I went to uh, American Institute of 
audio research and I went to um, Intercontinental University in Atlanta for film and I found my voice and the only thing that I could tell you is no one was giving me an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I made my own. Um, and the first thing I wrote was my story and then Curvy Girls Rock and here yeah. I am, girl. Curvy Girls Rock is such a like a special thing for women, especially when we're talking about plus size women. Because we don't have that much visibility. And even, you know, like we yes. spoke about Monique. Monique for me was like one of the first if you want to say fat girls. OG on, fat girl. Yeah. On TV who was you know, they try. I think that they tried their best to kind of box her in, but I thought that they did. Monique has done a good job for herself getting dynamic roles. Absolutely. Um, and remember, she created her own film, which was um, Fat Girls. Fat Girls, yes. One of my faves. Yes, absolutely. And I. I remember reading her book when I was a teenager and at the time, you know, as a chunky girl, I had my own insecurities and self-esteem issues and I remember reading her book, Skinny Women Are Evil, mm -hmm. and laughing so hard but feeling good about myself and, you know, people... I know people like to joke about Monique because they go, oh, she, you know, why you got to bash skinny women? And I'm like, look at how many comedians bash plus size women. You know, look at fat, fat phobia is a real thing. It is so serious. And, and you know, there's no real, real room for us. And the, the roles, the big roles are going to plus size white women. Absolutely. You know, there yeah. are, you don't see like Melissa McCarthy, who's getting all these roles of action. And I mean, Honest, as much as I love Melissa, some of her roles are kind of the same. Yeah. But the point is, she's still getting them and she's still visible. You don't see black plus size women Not in at those all. roles. Not at, at all. all. Not at and all. And so, like, for me, Monique started that conversation and started that visibility for me made me feel better about myself as a child as a yeah. young teenager. Yeah. And it made me also grow balls to, like, stand up for myself. And, you know, that idea of, like, you know, if you uh, if you can't get along with them, make them laugh. Like you know, yeah. and made me tap into my own um, funniness at times, or you know, just trying to learn how to your entertain. own talents. Yeah, exactly. So when you created this show, what was it? Was there a, a inspiration? Like, did you see something that sparked this idea, or yeah. was it just the simply the lack of the outlet for um, plus size women? I think it was both. For me, I'm big fan of Sex and the City. Um, and I, you know, I'm a black woman, and I, I consider myself kind of fly. Um, I don't have no problem turning heads on the street, but the narrative wasn't that black women are desirable or attractive. Um, black fat women mm -hmm. aren't getting the guys. Yeah. Um, and that's so not true. I mean, everybody, now I'm not saying that there aren't things. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that there aren't um, issues. I'm not saying that, you know, things don't happen. I'm not saying relationships don't last. I'm not saying shit don't go left, you know. But there was a narrative that had been spun for so long that I just wanted to undo. I just yeah. really wanted to undo it. I really wanted a different way to look at it. And I thought of, I th thought when I began kind of playing with the idea that it was time, but now for sure it's time. You got mm -hmm. Shrill, um, even though Rebel Wilson... 
She said some troubling things. She, did. she said some and troubling things. And you know, before things. she said that, I really was rocking with Rebel. I, I, loved, I loved Rebel. She had a show on Channel 7. I forgot what it was called, but I loved that little, like, it was like the little show that could. Yeah. I loved her. And then she said what she said. No, oh, about no, being the, like, first plus, the first size, plus woman. size woman in a lead. And it was like, girl, what? you are not OG plus size. Right. And even, like, on Being Mary Jane, um, the the young Raven. girl that played yeah Raven yeah um, that played um her niece her niece yes she even they had a love scene like towards the second the last season I believe yes she had like a whole like thing going on with this guy this young guy and I was even rooting for that which is why I was so pissed that they didn't come back for another season yeah I did like the movie I did but it was just like damn like finally they give it her you know they're really yes. carving out a story for her right and here we are and but and another thing that i do like that they didn't focus so much on her weight as it being like a a, a troubling thing exactly. because so many times with women of color and especially plus size women it's like they make especially if you're casting dark-skinned women they make you you being dark-skinned and you being big an issue. issue so it's like oh i have to overcome these insecurities because right. i'm dark-skinned and i'm big right and and i think that we need more characters who are not so focused on like yes this is the reality that mm-hmm. i am plus size but it does not have to be an issue that's not a definition of me in totality. Right. I maybe it's just an and and it's an yeah. and for me. Yeah. It's an and. I like that. It's an and for me. I'm a black girl and I'm plus size and I'm cute and I'm special and I'm a writer and you know like it's just a part of who I am. Right. And I also got tired of the crying narrative. Like, boo, you all right? Yeah. You know, but I want to see a broken woman. I want to see a woman win who is plus size. I want to see a woman fail mm-hmm. and she's plus size. Like, we can yeah. do it all and we could be a lead in something and be looked upon as mm-hmm. something special. Right. Um, it doesn't have to be just the light skin, you know, you light skin, Taisha, so no disrespect, <laughs> sis. Listen, but- I'm, I'm cinnamon. <laughs> I'm not going to tell people. When I get a tan, I'm, a little, I'm like two shades. All right, cafe latte, anyway. <laughs> You know, and so we can and we can have those conversations surrounded. I really can't wait for you to watch for everyone to see the rest of the season mm-hmm. one um, to really kind of dive into these women's love lives. I it has I have never I love Drop Dead Diva with all of that. She was so pretty. I thought mm-hmm. the Brooke, I forgot what her last name is, who played the lead character, always had these really good looking boyfriends. You never saw her in a love scene. Yeah, right, right. Like, right. why are we um, always talking about it after? Right. And I think that also, even just the women outside of television, but women in media are starting to open that up with, like, fashion and stuff. Yes. Um, and so you have, like, Ga- Gabby, um, Gabrielle, I forget her last Gattabay, name. Gabbaray Sidibay? Well, no, her too. Okay. But um, the, 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 the model, she's, like, light-skinned, curly hair. She has the plus sign, a sw- swimming suit on. Oh, Gabby Fresh. Stop Gabby playing. Fresh. That's yes. my girl. Gabby Gregg in yes. the house. Shout-outs to her. She, but, like. I got to give me some Gabby drawers. Okay. And like Monique C, like yes, you know, looking at these Monique's another OG. Yeah, these plus yeah. size women, especially on Instagram, because I see so many. I could like name so many who yes. are fierce and like rocking their two piece. Because I'm like, listen, I could never, because I just I'm not comfortable. But yes to you, and yes. I'm here for it. And shout I'm outs like, to Kelly Augustine. Yes. Shout outs to Naima Terry, one of the actresses mm-hmm. and curvy girls, Lyris Cross. Come on, like these girls are like Tamela killing. Baldwin. Woo! <laughs> 
Like, let's not forget Miss Tamala. You know, Alicia Marie, who's also in my show. Um, but as far as like the model game, yes, these sisters are like mm-hmm. doing their thing. And I'm like yeah. so proud and so happy that we're in spaces and we're not afraid to talk about I got a role in the back, but I still look good and I'm fabulous. Yeah. Which brings me to my next uh bit of news. Okay. Well, I have just done a short film. Yeah. And it's called Reflections. Um it's gonna be a series of short films starring plus size women in roles that have been traditionally um taken on by either white women or white men leads. Okay. You yes. gotta come through with yes. some dynamic. Yes. Yes. And it is being co-executive produced by the amazing Charmaine McPhee. Charmaine actually Perform. She's a dancer. She performed for us at the Curvy Girls premiere with her uh, dance troupe, We Are Figure Eight. Yes. Um, and I say that because I want you guys to follow them on Instagram and also Curvy Girls Rock Series on Instagram. But yeah, like we're doing this really great thing and I can't wait for you guys to see that. It's coming out real soon. And it's just us actually saying that in this particular, um, in this particular movie, it's a representation of the absence of plus size black women in haute couture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love Lizzo, but she was the only person represented on the mm-hmm. carpet yeah, yeah, at the yeah. Met Gala. Yeah. Um, Bevy Smith, who is, you know, another OG plus yeah. size girl. I don't think she touts herself as an OG plus size yeah, girl. Yeah, I don't think so. But, but, she, yeah. rep- but she represented the Hooters. Yes. She came through with her with she her Dapadan, with her Dapadan best. Oh, and then, um, of course, Ashley Graham was there. Oh, yeah. I forgot about a- Ashley. So, Ashley is a thick girl, though. I ain't yeah. going Okay. See, I always say, like, I don't want no be, disrespect. I don't want to be plus size biased. I don't want to be plus size biased. <laughs> if you are 12 and up, you plus. I just feel like she Ashley Graham sl- is real tiny, and she just got she's wide so hips. Tiny. She is. She though. looked good she though. Is, she, she killed does. it. She looked great. Um, she. I, I don't know. Ashley Graham's not my favorite person, and I oh, think that's. No! But you know why? Because I am Team Takara, and I felt like Takara. Like when we really talk about plus size models, yes. Takara was the first, and and her trajectory, her career trajectory, should be so much bigger than what it is. Mm-hmm. But again, she it was like she came out at the wrong time, and mm-hmm. the industry didn't know what to do with her, okay. and it's really sad and unfortunate. Yeah. But you know, it's like people like Ashley's out, and people are like, "Oh, this is the first plus size," and I'm like, "Hold up!" Yeah, because they do that a lot to yeah. black women. You know, in any industry a lot of times black women are what we are the first to do just because we don't we don't get as famous yeah. you look at like Instagram and YouTube there are so many people that are the first and they're people of color and they yeah. do not get that same popularity they do not get those same checks those same opportunities yeah. and and that's why I love like what Nick Cannon is doing how he's hiring a lot of Instagram comedians yeah yes absolutely yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, and putting he's smart them all in out you know mm-hmm. and I wish that even Rihanna she's getting these plus size models that you've seen on Instagram that we love and know. Yes. And you know, whether they are being the brand ambassador or whether they're actually a part of her campaign. Yes. And she actually just did something where she hired like a 50 year old woman, I think, who the industry was saying, you know, you're too old and is making her a part of the Fenty Beauty um, campaign. Amazing. Or no, not the Fenty Beauty, the, um, she has a clothing line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming out. So, you know, it's those things like knocking down the door or holding it open for the others. I would love to bring Takara on for any of it. So Takara, if you are listening, it would be a dream 
come true for me to work with you, for me to direct you, because honestly, you are fabulous and have been fabulous for decades. So, so we're gonna speak that into existence. Done that and done. You will be working with Takara one day. Sprinkling. Listen, my the actress that I love um, and is just so amazing to me is Amber Riley. Yes. Um, she's such a beautiful soul, such a beautiful woman. Absolutely. And um, I think that she's so insanely talented and it's interesting to me that the industry just acts like they don't know what to do with her mm-hmm. like on screen and in music yeah. it's like that will that lady curves for days beautiful she and I is love so that. voice is ridiculous okay listen her um she deserves also, to lead she deserves to lead yeah. a major uh hour-long drama she really does okay you know what i'm saying come so, on i'm i'm gonna tweet her tonight like amber how you sp- i'm sprinkled but all right more dust for amber more dust to work with amber amber okay. you 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 rock baby yeah you are amazing and also um another woman that i love is danielle brooks from orange is the new black yes miss danielle with the black woman yes. um black woman track i love that yes. song amazing and, and it's like she like she as she is rising i'm still just like nah she need to be bigger than what she is and so, you know, these these black women who are really creating visibility yeah. for us, it's amazing, but they deserve more and they're working hard and the door it's, it's it just seems like the industry's not budging as much as they should. Yeah. When cuz why haven't we seen Danielle Brooks in a lead romantic film? And or I think a, you know And I think drama. when you grind, here's the thing about being an actor or someone I think they grind so much that they're not thinking about mm-hmm. the fact that they, I don't think they work from, and I'm talking about like personally, I'm thinking about myself even when I say this, you work and you have to think about this way too. For you, yeah. you grind so hard and you work so hard to get to the next thing or to work on the projects that you love and the things that move you that you don't even think about it from a standpoint of I haven't been recognized in that yet. Yeah. But to, you know, I, I think, with a creative like yourself and, and me, we make those opportunities. Absolutely. We write the scripts that'll bring those women to, to the heights that we see them in. Um, and it's it's up to creatives to do that. That is our job. If we see there's something missing in the, in the scope and the scheme and on the playing field, that space is open. Let's go set up camp over there and make right. it happen. And that's why I do what I do with Curvy Girls. And that's why I do what I do as a writer. Because if I feel like it's a space missing and a voice that needs to be heard, mm-hmm. I'm not going to wait for somebody to give it to me. I don't have time for that. Let's go. So you and I, offline, we're going to write something for Takara, Amber, and Danielle. I don't know. Are they going to be Are they going to be like the the, 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 the heist people? Like one's oh, the listen, one's the computer good. person that says, right. give me a minute. And yeah. the other person is a safe cracker. <laughs> like how they did. <laughs> like how they did with um, Lupita and Rihanna. Yes, 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 exactly, exactly. That so That's funny. what we'll do with the three of them. We'll make a okay. heist movie, and the and the dumb um, blonde guy will be the guy that they have to get whatever they are trying to get ascertain the information from. Okay, come on, listen, we can do she this. Done, she then came up with a whole script idea right here. <laughs> I'm ready, and listen, and you know, like I'm, I want to write romantic comedies, so that's, that's come where on. I'm trying to live in life. And Natasha from um i forgot what she plays on insecure but her real name is oh 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 natasha hold on um oh man she she plays she plays Issa Rae's friend uh-huh. um skimming her what she got tased and peed on herself on, on <laughs> I, mean, when I can't 
Natasha Rothwell. There Natasha we go. Rothwell wants to be a, a lead, so you could play that. You could write something for she's her. She's hilarious. She's amazing, and she's ready. So when yeah. we see the need, we need to just write these scripts, right? And you know, and even then, like, and I, because I know that especially black women that are plus size get typecast in funny roles a lot. All the time. You know, it's, it's about trying to really create that dynamic as well. Like a good balance. Like a dramedy instead of, you know. It has to be balanced because, you know, I want Natasha to be a Reese Witherspoon. Yes, right? Oh, I love Reese. Oh, my God, yeah. I want her totally. to be a Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. I, or what we'll do is we'll, um, we'll make our own um, Big Little Lies. Oh, with the I've four. heard about that show. I haven't. I've only seen one episode, so now I'm gonna have to watch. So that. we'll make a black, all female cast. Or how about the women who are like my age, who are in their forties? Yes, ma'am, I'm in my forties. Looking like you, twenty, baby, <laughs> a baby, who aren't being, who are being overlooked because you know. It's a it's a young person's game, and now these black women who are actors and actresses are no longer being booked for roles. I want to yeah. see them in in roles. Right. Cause look at um the 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 actress um from Waiting to Exhale. What's her name? Um, that played the one that threw the oranges. Um, t- uh, not Tondi. Is it Tondi? No, not Tondi. What is Teresa Randall? Yes. Yes. We um, took Miss Teresa. Teresa Randall. Maybe who, she's doing a uh, Bad Boys Three. I, I would hope so. But, yes. you know, she had, hadn't been really acting, and she has gained some weight. And yes. social media has been trying so hard to, like, attack her for looking like a regular person. Like, yeah. that's what happens when you get older. Not everybody right. maintains a slim figure. People have children. Sometimes weight gain occurs because of depression. It don't got to be nothing about food. Exactly. You never know why people gain weight. And the person who's making all that noise sitting up in their house eating a snack with their Cheeto fingers typing something mean to Miss... Get out of here. Yeah, Ooh, so. the internet is evil. It is. Oh. But, but we love you. Because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't be there giving Shout us Shout out to your, the evil empire. Your time and attention, because you're still giving them views and giving them comments and likes. That's so. what I'm saying, you idiots. Well, thank you so much. Thank for you. For coming on today. Oh, my God. This is such a good, like, this is a good interview. This I is a appreciate good interview. it. I, I love the, the banter, the back and forth between us. Um, I wish you so much more in your career as a director, as a writer, as a creator, because you clearly have an eye. You clearly have the talent to tell the story, and you're amazing to be around. You have such a great energy, um, and I think that that's important in anything that you do, that you yeah. have a great energy, and people are able to work with you. No, you don't got to be cheery 24-7, but yeah. you've got to be somebody that people can respect, that people grow to, to love and know, and I see you like on networks, you know, having shows, having feature films, and I can't wait to continue. I am so proud of you, Miss Taisha, because Afrovocative has always put a smile on my face. Aww, your real, you. your availability to people, the fact that you just put yourself out there Aww. in a time when it's hard to put yourself out there. People are so critical and hypercritical mm-hmm. to the point that they are just ridiculous. And you still come for us, and you still are doing this amazing podcast. Keep up the good work. Mm-hmm. I hope to. Collaborate with you <coughs> soon, <coughs> but I'm not passing any no hints, no hints, no hints. No, for real, we got work together. Okay, we will. We for real, for real, for real, for real. All right. So before I end, um, as you guys know, this weekend 
Ava DuVernay's When They See Us will be on Netflix, so please make sure that you guys watch that and support. It is very emotionally, you know, it's it's a lot of emotional turmoil. You're gonna you're gonna weep. Like make sure you got your box of tissues ready. That'll be out. Also this weekend, Octavia Sp- Spencer makes her debut in a thriller which is called Ma. That's out this weekend, so I had to make sure that I reminded y'all because I'm going to go see that tomorrow when I get off of work. I'm going straight to the film, like to the movies, or I might go to a matinee in the morning just because I got stuff to do tomorrow. But I'm going to see it, and I know it's going to be great. I can't wait to see what the twist is to the movie. Um, what else do we got coming out? Let's see, let's see, let's see. Nothing right now, but you know, of course, I'm gonna keep y'all tuned in to whatever we have going on. Also, an update. Their, uh, the Juju web series did reach their Kickstarter goal of $20,000. So congratulations to Moon Ferguson and the cast and crew of Juju web series. That's a new web series that's coming out soon. I cannot wait for y'all to see it. I can't wait to see it. Thank you for everybody. I know I'm not a part of the, the crew of that, um, show, but I'm saying thank you on their behalf because it really takes a village to create quality content and quality black content and championing championing black people, black creators, writers, and all of that. So thank you on their behalf. Um, I hope that they get a chance to listen to this podcast. Um, it's, It's just beautiful to know that however many people 300 and something backers came together to raise $20,000 to get their series created so I can't wait hopefully y'all invite me to the red carpet screening have me you know cover it y'all come on my show and all of that good stuff but again thank you so much for tuning in I did not have a web series find this week but it's cool because I'll have one next week I'll make sure that I'm like all my P's and Q's, you know, I, I, I got a job, so I'm working hard. But thank you so much. I will see you guys next week, or I mean, I'll talk to y'all next week. Peace.